James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to Freedom Ocean. I'm one of your hosts, Timbo Reid, and right there, fresh back from his European vacation, is James Schramko. G'day, mate. G'day, Timbo. How are you? Buongiorno. Bonjour, all those things. I, you know, I didn't pick up too much language while I was away, which is an interesting point. Not a lot of English where I went. No, no, I wouldn't imagine so. Uh, now, you had a bit of a, it was kind of a bit of a study tour in the spirit of you liking to get out of your, your um, what do you call it, your spaceship and getting out there into the world and, and learning some more. You, you did a bit of learning, but you also did a bit of family uh, Griswold vacation type stuff, didn't you? Exactly. I did seven countries, uh, caught seven planes, drove 4,100 kilometres on the wrong side of the row, uh, road in a, in a new Mercedes Benz and stayed in 13 different places. And there was yeah very little English in a lot of the places I went, especially mm-hmm. in the, the back parts of Italy and France, really not into the whole English thing. So it was, it was interesting and I took the family along. Well, you're well. interesting because you're saying, you know, just before we hit record, you know, I said, you know, well, I said, how's the, f-? I was asking how your family was. And you said, aren't we going to talk about that in this episode? And and it's kind of interesting because you reminded me that this show is called Freedom Ocean. Um, and it is, I guess, at the spirit of it is helping people build a business around their chosen lifestyle. So discussion around how the family enjoyed the holiday and what you got up to, as well as, you know, what did you learn uh in and for your business is, is both is relevant in, in this episode. Yeah, well, I would split it into two things. I'd, I would have a people column and a business column. And it's been really fascinating to see how people approach this because um, in the people column, I've got my customer group and some of them, well, in fact, most people have a real confusion between vacation and work. It's like you have to have one or the other and I've somehow blended things where I'm just living and the, the work happens as a routine or a habit, which is why I was able to make more videos while I was away than I was even normally making at home for the same period. And then there are other aspects of the business that I really just let go completely because it's really awkward when you're traveling and you're on the road for a few hours or you don't have Wi-Fi. Likewise. Well... For example, there's a big difference between urgent things and then things that you do to move the business forward or grow the business. So when I'm at home, I've got a massive amount of capacity because I have very few appointments. So I can go and create something and move the business forward. I can really dig into the forensics or the analytics of the business or work on the numbers. Or uh, for example, I've opened up my mastermind at the moment and I need to be able to field inquiries for that. But you just can't do that when you're on the road. So mm. you do have to defer some things. But then there's other things that tick along just perfectly uh, via either human automation or uh, systems automation. For example, my information products were pretty much unaffected. My blog posts with the videos were unaffected. My Facebook was more or less unaffected. Can, can I just ask you, because, you know, you, a couple of things. A, you're emailing me, you're like, one email I laughed. Um, from You're in Nice. And you, you, it was like, Tim, I'm in Nice for the next seven days. When are we recording? Uh, cl- 
clearly you have, there's just this really blurred line between holidaying in Nice and doing work. And some people would go, oh, geez, you know, does he ever switch off? But it's, it's kind of, they're coming at it from a different mindset. Um, clearly you just kind of, I don't know, there's not even a question there. It was just the observation and a bit of a chuckle of like, mate, if I was in Nice, I know I wouldn't be wanting to record, but, but you've but just kind of thing, crossed I that actually- line. I have no mental resistance to doing what other people might label work. For me, it's, it is a passion and it's like that saying that the guys who build up the real wealth and are going to build a killer business are exactly the opposite type of person who's going to retire and sit back and do absolutely nothing. Like we had a great time in Nice and I actually cut my computer time down to about half an hour a day for a month, which is massive for me. That's, that's mm. freed up maybe... 180 hours or so of uh, of other time. But in that time, you know, I had my family with me as I normally do anyway when they're not at school. But we still got to do all sorts of things. We, we went out and toured perfume factories and drove Ferraris at Maranello and visited dog shows in Italy and all sorts of interesting things as a family. But there's the family don't question what we do. It's, it's just how we live. And I do sometimes chuckle and I think, what a bizarre thing I do. Sometimes I sit here at, you know, at one in the morning in my hoodie, which is pretty much my habit, catching up on emails or whatever. And I think, this is totally bizarre, except when the morning comes around, I don't have to jump up, have a shower, strap on a suit and tie and polished shoes, <laughs> hop in my car and drive off for nine hours and help build someone else's empire. Mm. No, I go and get a coffee, uh, turn on Skype and have a chat to my mate Timbo. Mm. So I don't consider this work. I love talking about this stuff. My grandfather used to talk about business and hang out in his backyard and he was a timber broker pretty much till the day he died. So I have a feeling that I'll continue to be surrounding myself with this type of activity as long as I enjoy it. What if one of your, um, just as an aside, what if one of your kids, you got four, what if one of them says, oh, it goes and works for the man? Fine. I, I don't mind what they do because it's up to them. I'm not one of those controlling parents. If they want to put food on the table and that, and look after their themselves first and then maybe one day they'll have partners or whatever, then it's really entirely up to them. You know, mm-hmm. so we often have the discussions about um, preparing them for being good in in life, and that's really you know a huge part of that trip. You know, to take my kids through seven different countries was a great experience for them, and I think they learnt more just hanging out with the family for that period than what they would have learnt at school. Oh, for sure, for you know, sure. Just to, to the amount of things that happen when you travel, uh, you know, you learn a lot about yourself as well, about how you deal with uh, stresses and things. I mean, I watched a TV show last night for about five minutes before I switched over to the Formula One. And it was, there was these English people trying to get driving examiners to assess their driving because they were so bad at driving around England where they live, right? Mm. Except here we are, we just transport to the other side of the planet, hop in a car, mm. switch, switch sides of the road, drive for 4,100 kilometres through all these different countries, don't speak any, any of their language 
and we just take it on. And we have to manage all the travel agendas and the passports and the security checkpoints and all the rest of it. But we just take it on. And I've I've learned that my kids have picked up that fearlessness as well. And they're quite happy to cruise over to the the shop with a couple of uh, euros and order something without even being able to speak the language, you know, and, and they've really come along and they're quite independent in that way. So, mate, you're very good at looking at your business when you're at home, um, looking at your business at a very macro level, as well as getting deep, deep inside it on a daily basis. You've gone away now to Europe for seven weeks. You've had time to kind of look at it from a distance. Any aha moments on things you might have, you thought, oh, you know what, I could change the way I'm doing things? Yeah, I think one of the biggest discoveries and the, the thing that I was the most interested in was how will I cope with things like emails and, um, you know, how much build-up will I get? You know what it's like. Most people can't handle their emails normally. Now, I've managed to get that on a typical scenario. My inbox is completely empty. I was just interested how much would it build up over a month? And it turned out that I got up to around about 400 emails over the month that I couldn't deal with or were not urgent enough to warrant my attention. So I came up with a system with the team and that was if I had to implement something, they were to put urgent in the subject line. That way, when I did pick up Wi-Fi at the next hotel, then I could just dig into my Gmail, search for urgent and then instantly respond to them. So they still had a same day response. And that was how I was able to get so much done in about half an hour. So is this, these are emails coming from your team. So you've said to your team, if you're going to email me, and you need an immediate response, put urgent in the subject line, yeah? Well, yeah, well, actually, I should explain that predominantly all my email is just my own team. That, that's the number one way that I manage the business, and I've sort of migrated to that over the last three months. So that was that was proving the system. I don't log into Basecamp. I don't log into Google Docs. I'm just managing my business via email and Skype. And of course, I have my go-to webinar meetings. So first thing is I didn't attend a single go-to webinar meeting with the team for the whole month. Second thing is the email system works beautifully because I do get a daily numbers report from the team leader. So I know exactly what's happening in my business in about five seconds. I scan the, the chart and it compares yesterday to today. And it also we do it weekly and monthly. So I know exactly where the business is up to. I was able to attend things that were urgent. An urgent thing might be someone uh, who cannot log into a system and they can't fix it or someone who accidentally purchased the wrong product and requires a refund on the balance. You know, I'm the only person with the keys to the PayPal account. Mm -hmm. So that would be an urgent email or someone who wants to spend a lot of money with us (laughs) or anyone who's not happy for some reason, I need to know about it. Mm-hmm. So the, the main emails that I get are just my team or customers. I don't get many emails from marketers anymore, almost none. And then there's other types of emails that I wouldn't classify as urgent, but are really important, such as administration emails from domain registration and hosting. So the main takeaway for me is that I can pull 100, or 100 plus hours from my business each month to work on whatever I want and the business will still survive. We still had a really solid six-figure month the whole time I was away with my family, which which 
it's really, it's just amazing. Mm. We live in a, in a time where we have that freedom of choice to not work for the man, to wake up and say, you know, where, where do we want to go today? I literally uh, was, was rolling out the travel plans on the fly. You know, our good mutual friend, Jake Howard, mm-hmm. my customer and, and uh, one of your fans at uh, your other show was just rolling out the accommodation and stuff via email, uh, you know, with one or two days notice, we're like, okay, we're in the South of France now. Should we keep wrapping around to Spain or should we sort of head up the middle on our way to Paris? So it was really fun to have that flexibility and it just shows the, the amount of lifestyle design that you can build into your life is way beyond what people think it is. How do you build in lifestyle design? You... Decide what sort of lifestyle suits you and, you know, what things you won't compromise on and then you build a business that funds it. Hmm. Almost every single time you're going to find that someone owns a business. And, you know, my mantra is always like stop thinking about it like a mummy blogger or a hobbyist. Um, Think about it like a business. Now, all this online internet marketing stuff, People think of it as some kind of shortcut mm-hmm. or loophole. It's not. It's a it's a business. You need a business behind that marketing that you're driving all these leads to. And I think we've discussed this a few times on the podcast. This podcast for me is a traffic thing. It's a way for me to find more people and it's a way for me to express my creativity. So I really enjoy it. But it also invariably leads to people finding out about my other products and services. And the business there, that's a real business. There's real people doing real value creation for customers and there's real products that solve problems. And that is the underpinning of my business. Mm. So, you know, build a business that funds the lifestyle. That was really where I was going with that product wealthification was that whole concept that if you replace having a single source dependency, one income from one place, i.e. job, with multiple customers from multiple uh, traffic streams, building out your chocolate wheel, as we call it in that product, then you have a fortified business that can survive. You know, I'm traveling at a time where there's this uh, chaos in the market around SEO, and that happens to be one of my business divisions, but it's not... It's certainly not more than half and it doesn't contribute more than half the the profit. So it wouldn't take out my business even if the whole thing collapsed, which there's no chance it will. And we should talk about that on a separate episode. Absolutely, we will. Yeah, we're going to – we are going to do an episode very shortly titled Is SEO Dead? As we know it. But we'll cover that. Interesting. Very interesting question. It was really a chance for me to to find out how well my systems work Mm -hmm. You know, how well the team runs, whether the things that I have in place when I'm away, uh, you know, actually work. And they did. So I know that when I'm here, they're super strong. Did anything not work, That's James? That's test, you know. Yeah, one thing didn't work. I, I did plan. I was pretty ambitious. You know, while I was away for a month, I still recorded about four podcasts with uh, other people. I ran uh, silver circle calls every week, which meant I had to wake up at 2 a.m., 6 (laughs) a.m., and then 10 a.m., three times, right, out of the five weeks. Uh, The other times I was on an airplane. So that that was commitment, and that worked fine, except once once we were staying in a place where 
uh, we were staying with some friends and it was kind of one of those bed and breakfasts and there was another person staying in the place yeah. with us. And I'm like, oh, God, how am I going to do this Quietly. Uh, go-to webinar without waking up the other person? And in the end, I'm just like, screw it. Did it. <laughs> I'm just running it anyway. It's not an option. And I had to sort of creep closer to the main house to get good Wi-Fi. But the absolute disaster was this little town called Avignon in France and it's like this medieval fortress that the Pope used to go and visit, like 700 or something. Mm -hmm. And the Wi-Fi there was spectacularly poor. It was like 0.12. It made my internet at home look like it was super broadband. And I tried to run a webinar for my FastWeb Formula members and it was like, it was just dropping out. In the end, it just collapsed. But I was recording on my end. I just continued as if nothing had happened at all package up the recording and it was saved. So it wasn't a disaster. It was ambitious, mm -hmm. especially since I, I couldn't predict the connectivity. So connectivity was the difficult thing. Also, I racked up a nice sort of data roaming bill, somewhere close to $5,000. No way. Except I was able to negotiate to get the um, sort of a bundled data rate and bring it back to about 750 bucks, which I think is a bargain. How did you do that? Well, did you ring up and plead ignorance or? Well, they sent me an SMS just saying that, that my phone's got uh, restrictions. So I called them up and said, hey, how are you going? They said, oh, listen, uh, are you aware that, that your, your bill's climbing up? I said, yep. I said, but they do make it hard to publish. Guess how much they charge for one megabyte of download? Don't know. $15. It's outrageous. It is outrageous. I mean, in, in modern society, mm. that's ridiculous. Mm. But anyway, we talked about um, getting the the bundle the bundle of data, and uh, it was able to be brought back to seven hundred and fifty dollars. So I do recommend if anyone's roaming, pre pre discuss it with your carrier uh, service provider. It's almost impossible to buy a SIM card in a foreign country where everything's on contract and they don't speak English. Mm. I tried about five times, not possible. And, and James, could you have done what you've just done 12 months ago? I, I wouldn't have felt as comfortable about it 12 months so ago. So what, 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 what have you done in the last 12 months that's allowed you to go away for seven weeks with your family and still run a business that generated six figures in that month? I've changed my business as, as I do. I had a huge change. Christmas uh, like we this talked time last about year. It. No, it was a. F it was earlier in the yeah. year. Remember in uh, remember January when you had a, like a solid vacation, mm -hmm. like absolute tools down. Well, some, and remember one of us I, had to keep the hammock warm. <laughs> that's it. And well, you know, I've got a hammock here. I'm not doing it too hard. <laughs> but the thing is, that's when I uh, it was Boxing Day at the end of last year. I sat down and mapped out my new business plan and. Then I just set about setting it up in January. A few months after that, I migrated all my uh, email system and I started building super fast business out. Remember, mm -hmm. I went to that um, new platform. Well, a little bit down the track now, it's given me that singular focus of one place to pour my marketing energy into. So I've now racked up around 40,000 views on YouTube. I get about 1,000 podcast downloads every day. I build subscribers from that uh, central blog and it feeds my entire business. So it turned out to be a great strategy in hindsight. 
I knew that it was likely to work because I'd been doing it for customers and some of them made millions. So I guess I've simplified my business at the same time as really specialised in some of the things that that we've become good at. And in particular, my community, uh, both communities are very strong. My mastermind and my coaching forums are really strong because I completely rebuilt my internet marketing forum. And my service businesses are really strong because we took on a lot of staff between December last year and the first three months of the year to really scale up. And we've got that size now where I've got so many competent uh, really switched on team members that the business is very, very strong. And hence I didn't have to go to the meetings because I put in the work prior to that because I attend daily meetings with my team for the last year. It meant that a month without me, they knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing and they've done a tremendous job with it. Hmm. Interesting stuff, mate. What a great, uh, what a great seven weeks. Yeah, you know, the other thing that is really worth highlighting, um, and you notice it more when you travel, is be- because you've got every day is new scenery, every day is a new challenge. You know, you don't know, you haven't been there before. It's a lot of stimulus to take in, different currencies, you know, even just trying to order food can be challenging, and uh, petrol, et cetera, mm. or diesel in this case. Um, it really comes down to your inherent habits and routines and um you know, all of your energy's burnt up. You really don't have much left for willpower. And I've been studying this a little bit lately. And what I found is my routine of making a video every few days is very strong. I've, I felt like it was, it's like the athlete that gets twitchy if they don't visit the gym. I'm, I just needed to keep making videos to feel like I was um, moving forward or maintaining things. And I really looked forward to mm-hmm. it and I enjoyed working with a new canvas. So I, I love making videos in unique locations and bringing out a little bit more of the creativity. It's fun filming with the Coliseum behind you or <laughs> Tower, of, Tower of Pisa. Uh, I think in the Tower of Pisa one, I didn't mention a word about it. It's just in the background and I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> so uh, the kids, all the kids took turns on the camera. There, there was a lot more uh, wobbly camera work. And, and the other thing was we're working with just an iPhone. There was no external mics, no fancy lighting, no tripod. Like we're talking absolute ghetto. Uh, it, it, all those videos that you created while you're away just on the iPhone, you didn't take the, the fancy stuff? Didn't take anything fancy. They were either on the iPhone or my wife's uh, little Canon portable camera. Like nothing fancy. Left the good gear at home. So did you have a did you have just, a mic? No, hmm. I'm seriously just just absolute minimum. And you'll see how wobbly some of them hmm. are. But I left the outtakes, and that was a discovery. The customers love the outtakes probably more than the video and I think they watch half of them for the outtakes maybe they want to see me jam a chocolate waffle in my face or uh, or uh, my kids like just one stage they just couldn't hold the camera anymore and they're laughing as it's dropping down and down and I'm trying to chase the camera down and stay in the shot <laughs> but I left them in and and the most popular one so far is the Ferrari video and something I really want to impress from the key out outcome of that was when you leverage big brands 
and passionate brands. And you're all about this. I actually thought of you when I made that video, Timbo, that you've got this saying about the the the, the brand is what um, people think of, right? When you've when you mention the brand. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Ferrari Museum. I filmed before I went in, when I was in there, and then afterwards driving a Ferrari, and I bundled that together into a marketing lesson. And that has been like meltdown. It's it's getting me massive traction on Facebook. Lots and lots of people have seen that. It's a low cost per uh, per like, and people are joining my blog because of that. So get surrounded by strong, passionate brands mm. that you can hang your hat on and, and basically just just go for the ride with that brand. So Ferrari's doing the heavy lifting there and by putting that putting that strong brand in the headline and associating yourself with something that people resonate with, it can get you a lot more traction than just trying to push it yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I did a um it wasn't so much relative to that to that concept. I was at the airport last week though and and wrote a blog post as a result of a number of brands that I was looking at around the airport and um, just I think just doing something on the hop like that and taking some insights from where you are just makes for good content because it's kind of it's there and now you know there's one other aspect I think is worth talking about that uh, I got good perspective on it you know that I travel to get perspective but when I was posting some pictures to Facebook I had a couple of different reactions that were really interesting to me. One guy um, said, hey, you know, stop loading pictures up to Facebook. You're spamming my wall. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? So like loading a picture of the Coliseum is now spam? (laughs) When How could this be possible? Then other people say, thank you so much for letting us into your family holiday. So I had complete polar reactions to that. And and. You know, I notice this. Sometimes I'll, I'll post a, a picture of, say, me at the Eiffel Tower or whatever or something like that. Someone will say jealous. Mm-hmm. And then other people say, oh, I love Paris, you know, I was there. So people relate to these things differently. And I can't help but think the ones that say jealous or whatever, they've still got a little bit of um, reconciliation yeah. to do. Yeah. Really, I say don't be jealous Build a business and take your family to Paris. I think, like, uh, look, I, and as you create more and more content, I've found it just with creating podcasts for the last three years, as soon as you stick your head above the trench, which is what content creation does, um, you're always going to get those two different camps, those who encourage and those who discourage. Well, I don't think they think they're discouraging when they say that, jealous, but they should really pay attention to what's coming out of their brain. Mm. They're like, you know, if you po- I posted my iPad mini the other day, jealous, you know, first reaction, <laughs> Same jealous. person? Like, well, don't be fucking jealous. Sorry, I have to probably delete that. Uh, <laughs> Is, but, was it the but, same person? I don't know, but there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of people who look at what other people have and they feel jealousy. And then there's the other people like me. I look at someone in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or whatever and I think, awesome, I want one of those Mm. and I'm prepared to work for Mm. it. So that's probably one of the big takeaways. I think it'd be worth tracking. I don't know how you do it, mate, but every now and then I've I've had it happened on a number of occasions where when I've been speaking – you might get the odd heckler or, or not even the heckler, but the guy who creates just a bit of pain, asks a few too many questions and maybe he's trying to trip you up or whatever. And um, on more than a few occasions, those types of people have actually become clients they, yes, they because they seem to be the most dissatisfied with where they're at. 
Yes, you're actually creating resistance mm. and you at the at the time you seem like the enemy, mm-hmm. but you're causing resistance and it might actually create that change. So sometimes those I jealous understand comments that. and I know that it's of, about um, them starting the conversation with you, hoping to get a reaction. Yeah, well, I actually encourage them and say, Hey, you know, don't be jealous. Uh, let go of the jealousy and, and be inspired mm. by it. Mm. You know, it, it. My message is pretty much this. If you want something, then work on making it happen. And don't wish you were me or whatever. I could get flattened by a bus, you know. Look at Steve Jobs. Mm. Uh, Richard, you know, richest man in the happen. cemetery. That's right. So so things, things actually, you know, should never want to be someone else. Be yourself and then do whatever you want, do whatever you want, be whatever you need to be to get what makes you happy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does, mate. It's a good point uh, to finish off this episode. In upcoming episodes, listeners, James and I are going to tackle that question, is SEO as we know it dying a quick death? Um, we are going to discuss um Content creation, we're going to go deep into, um, we've done that in a few previous episodes, but it just seems to have taken on a new level of recent months, this whole content creation thing, and we're going to talk about that. What else are we going to talk about, mate? We're going to talk, get specific about um, how to um, complete metadata in, in blog posts that cover more than one topic. That's specific, isn't it? We're going to cover listener questions. Um, and productivity tools that we're both using and enjoying Plus, I'm sure there's a whole lot more out there, hey? Oh, that's, this is classic freedom ocean stuff. I've missed you, Timbo. Oh, don't be like that, mate. I've missed you too. I wish I could have got over and visited you in Nice. <laughs> Come with me next year. Hey, well, there's a challenge, hey? He's laid down the gauntlet now. Maybe we could run a mastermind on the, some, you know, the French Riviera. Well, I'm thinking Monaco Grand Prix is something that I, I that would be a highlight. I did drive the track, nice. and it was surreal driving around the track that I've played on PlayStation and I've watched the the big race. And I think that it, it's it's actually been it's, it's weird, but it's been one of my goals to go to Monaco, and I've been to Monaco now, and it was really quite a, an exotic place. I bet it is. It kind of just rings of James Bond films and dinner suits and casinos. It does. It does. Love it. All right, buddy. Uh, that's episode 48 of Freedom Motion. Listeners, if you want to find out more about James and I or anything, any any uh, information, any training, anything that we talk about that's going to help you move your business forward, go to freedomocean.com and you'll find it all there. Until next time, see you, James. See you, Timbo. And be sure to comment on iTunes if you enjoyed this episode. Correct. We really appreciate those. See you, mate. See you, buddy. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. <laughs>